0: Welcome to the Left Hand Church Podcast. My name's Paula Stone-Williams, and I'm one of the co-pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us. We love having you join us here at Left Hand, we would love it if you would join us in a financial way as well. You can text any amount to 84321, and we'll receive it. You also can go to our website, lefthandchurch.org, and you can find out there how you can donate. Every time we begin a service, we begin with these words. Married, divorced, and single here, it's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we've all got to give a little here. Big and small here, there's room for us all here. Doubt and belief here, we all can receive here. LGBTQ and straight here, there is no hate here. Woman, non-binary, and man here, everyone can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, grace. In imitation of the ridiculous love Almighty God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love without labels.
1: Hey, everyone. It's nice to be with you. Um, We're going to start in the book of Psalms. Psalms 34, verse 14. It says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, for most of us, the word peace... Means absence of conflict. It means the dictionary defines it as being free from disturbance. But in the Hebrew language, though, the word for peace is shalom. And that represents a larger and more holistic concept than what we think of when we think about peace. There are fewer Hebrew words than there are English words. And so when we try to understand Hebrew, one of the things that we need to do is we need to understand that their words can mean lots of different things in English. It's a pliable language. And so shalom gets translated into English in lots of different ways. Because you'll find shalom interpreted as peace, yes, but it also means wellness. It also means health. It also means completeness and harmony, so shalom means peace in the way that we think about it, is an absence of conflict, but it means more than that. It means being complete, being holistic, being whole, being well, being prosperous, being healthy. So when we talk of peace, we're also talking about more than what we think of when we oftentimes think of peace. Quick joke, and this is for Tony in the, in the, in the global branch. What do you call a Hebrew barbershop? It's a hair shalom. <laughs> you got that one, Tony? Tony said his eyebrows are gonna go way up. I said, like Dr. Spock. So let's look at um, verse 30, or 34, verse 14 again. With our knowledge of the Hebrew meaning of the word shalom, it says, Depart from evil and do good, seek peace. Seek shalom and pursue it. Now, is this the Bible that you were taught growing up? That we're called to seek being complete, being healthy. We're, so, we're called to seek wholeness. Okay, let's move on. But remember that. Creation. So I am a weed guy. Not a weed like you're thinking weed. Colorado weed. But I mean the kind of weeds that pop up in early spring and they pop up again in June, July, August, September. You see, we sort of live out in the country and we get lots and lots of weeds and I do not put up with weeds. We do not get along, which is funny because as my wife will tell you, I am not the cleanest, most cleanly person. That's not me, but for some reason, weeds really get to me. And they were so bad on our property, in fact, that five or six years ago, I went down to our trusty Ace Hardware store and I bought a commercial backpack sprayer, which I call the Proton Pack because it looks like the backpacks that the Ghostbusters would wear. And you put the sprayer on your back and you've got the pump handle and you've got the actual piece that you spray and I look like Dr. Venkman from I Ghostbusters. Don't know <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie. It's one of my favorites. But I talk about we- weeds. Because they help us understand the Hebrew concept of creation. You see, to the Hebrew mind, creation is ongoing. It's unfinished. Weeds were created, yes, but they begot more weeds. Trees are created and those trees drop pine cones or seeds and new trees pop up. Trees continue to make new trees. It's all part of creation. Animals are created, yes, but as we know and much to Bob Barker's chagrin, cats and dogs oftentimes create more cats and dogs. It's all part of creation. People are created and they create more people. So in the Hebrew mind, creation is going somewhere. It's not a static event. It has an energy to itself. It has a life force to itself. So to an ancient Hebrew mind, creation is active. It's going somewhere and human beings are placed into the middle of the story. In the midst of this big, mysterious creation, God plants us, God plants you, God plants me. God shares God's unfolding creation with us. So we're inserted into this creation story that is going somewhere, that is moving, that's ongoing. And And within this sort of flowing creation story, we're called to do what? To pursue shalom, which means peace, yes, but as we've talked about, it also means wellness health, completeness. Okay, so we've talked about two primary concepts before. That we're placed into an ongoing creation story, which is an ongoing process with its own pulse, with its own sort of forward energy. And we're told to pursue shalom, or seek peace and wholeness and wellness. So if we have those two concepts down, I'm gonna introduce a third concept. A third concept is this that central to the Hebrew consciousness is the sense that we're both incredibly frail and temporal and made of dust and hair and fingernails, but we're also so much more than that. We're packed with the divine. As it says in Psalm chapter eight, it says, God has crowned us with honor and glory. So humans are a fascinating mix of frailty. We're here for a few years and then we go back into the ground and yet we're crowned with honor and glory. There's a sense that humans are capable capable of extraordinary things. We are created in the image of God after all. But at the same time, we're temporal and we get sick and we fall down after we've had too much to drink, and we hurt ourselves when we cut our fingernails a little bit too close. It's quite a paradox. We can be frail, yes, but we're also capable of powerful and extraordinary things. Take Mother Teresa, for example. She was four foot 10. Take Mahatma Gandhi, for example. He was five foot four. Was the impact, was their impact on the world directly proportional to their stature or to their income or to the size of their bank accounts? No. Yet every story you hear about them is about the explosive impact they had on the world despite their diminutive size. And at the heart of the gospel is the idea that people, you and me, We're capable of extraordinary things. We all have different skills. We all have different talents. We all have different abilities. And it makes sense because God has crowned each of us with glory and honor and placed us into the middle of an ongoing story, a story that is moving forward, that has an energy to it. And we are told in the midst of this creation story that you and I have been dropped into the middle of that we are to pursue shalom. We are to pursue health and wellness and peace. And churches, in my experience, don't talk about that enough. And it's absolutely central to the way that Jesus would have understood and thought about the world. These concepts, in many ways, are the Hebrew concepts or the Hebrew world view. Now, when I was 18 and a senior at Longmont High School, which is just across the street, I was asked to participate in the school's um, male beauty pageant. It was called the Mr. Trojan Contest. It was. And... Is the, the mascot at Longmont High School is the Longmont High School Trojans. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> and so, so think about like the Miss America contest, but with m- much less talent and way more objectification. And it was just as cringy as you're probably imagining. It was something that the popular kids did. And I was shocked, honestly, when I was asked to do it. And I said, no. I said it's too objectifying, and it's too degrading, and that I thought we should all abolish the Mr. Trojan Contest. Yeah, no. (laughs) Not really. I said I'd do it. And it was a really big deal at my high school. Um, Kids, it was held on a Thursday night, and the entire school sort of descended on our auditorium, and lots and lots of kids would show up. And the competitors, we were all too cool, to want to win internally, but but all of us really wanted to win. And there were three uh, portions of the Mr. Trojan contest. The first is evening wear, which is like a tuxedo, or we get sort of dressed up. The second was swimwear. And then the third was talent. And the order of the competition was first evening wear, second talent, and third, and I kind of hoped I didn't get to this point, the swimwear competition. And so I went to the local J.C. pennies which is a way you could say that you're 45 years old without saying you're 45 years old. And I picked up a swimsuit and something for the evening wear competition. And I knew I needed to come up with a talent quickly for the talent portion of the talent show. And I can't dance. And I can't play the guitar or sing like Heather Lynn, which I sure wished I could. So I thought and thought and thought and finally came up with an idea. I was gonna learn to play an instrument in one day. And when I say one day, I really mean about three hours because I don't have the patience to sit there all day and learn. And so what instrument did I learn to play in about three hours? It was the harmonica. So I spent the Saturday before the Mr. Trojan contest learning to play one song on the harmonica. And I figure if you're gonna learn to play one song on the harmonica, there's really only one song that you can play. And so that was, Oh Susanna. (laughs) So I learned and while I didn't sound like John Popper from Blues Traveler, uh, I at least got to the point where I think people could tell that I was trying to play Oh Susanna on the harmonica. And I was excited to play. After all, I'd worked on it for almost a half a day, and I was ready to show the world my new talent. So I show up to the Mr. Trojan contest, and I am nervous, but totally cool, right, totally cool. And while I'm sure you all know that I cut a dashing figure on stage, I was wearing a button-up and tie that made me look like I was an Olive Garden waiter for the evening gown portion of the contest, and I got cut after the, yeah, thank you after the first portion of the contest. At first, while I was relieved that I didn't have to do the swimwear portion of the evening, I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to display my newfound talent and play Old Susanna on the harmonica, and I have not picked up a harmonica since that day. Well, fast forward 27 years, and I have some good news. I am going to play Old Susanna on the harmonica at our open mic night on Thursday and it will be it'll be a real full circle moment for me no no we want people to show up the question was if I was going to do it in swimwear and the answer is no we want people to be here and it's a it's a silly story it's a quick story but one thing is true We are all given strengths and talents and abilities and skills in partnership with God to move creation forward. And while playing the harmonica may not be my talent, sometimes I think standing up here and joking about things like that is a talent. So I ask, what are you going to do with the energies that God has given you? What are you going to do with the energies that God has given you? You know, I talk about this a lot, but I think it's important. The Bible starts with a creation poem, and God says it was good, it was good, it was good. And we are placed into the story, and God's like, yeah, what are you gonna do with your life? How are you going to pursue shalom in this world? For some people, you might decide to make things, to make camper vans or furniture To make words, to make quilts like we have on our walls. Some of you may go into business, and you probably haven't noticed, but the way that business people often talk is as follows. I want to create this, and I want to make something better. We all have an impulse to make things, to take creation, and orchestrate it, and engineer it, and make it available to people. And that impulse is a deep thing that's rooted in God's desire for there to be shalom on earth. Are you with me? Again, at the heart of the gospel is the idea that people are capable of amazing, extraordinary things. We all have different skills, talents, abilities, And and God has crowned us with glory and honor and then placed us into the middle of an ongoing creation story that is going somewhere, that is moving, that is propelling forward. And in the midst of the story, we are dropped into it and we are asked to seek and pursue shalom, peace, wellness, completeness, and health. So what are you gonna do with your energy? Some people may veer towards, yeah, I'm gonna create things that help people. For others, when you think about what you're gonna do with your energies, you might think, I'm gonna to try to help make sense of the world. Sometimes that's through research and science and study and exploration. Other times it's a sense that people are fractured. And if we can somehow tell their story with photographs, with words, or if we can get people to connect, to learn that, man, we are all the same. What are we doing? We're bringing more shalom into the world. And that's an impulse that's planted on, implanted on every single one of us by God. So are you involved with PFLAG? Are you involved with the woman's work? Are you involved and actively engaged with Left Hand Church? Because some of you have passions and desires and drives to do something in the world. And it's probably hard to articulate, but maybe it's this. The modern world has a way of robbing us of our dignity and robbing us of our humanity. And there are people who go around and work to give people back that humanity, to give people back that dignity. Are you with me? Where are you going to do, or what are you going to do with your energies? Because the insistence of this ancient story that we are living out every single day is that every single one of us, we were crowned with glory. We were crowned with honor. We're created in the image of God. We have eternity in our hearts. We've been given a gift, the gift of breath itself. And what are we gonna do with that gift. And as an aside, sometimes we're tired, sometimes we're depressed, sometimes we're anxious, sometimes we feel beaten up, and we just can't do. And that's okay. There's a rhythm to life, and part of pursuing Shalom is deciding, yeah, today I'm not doing anything. Today I'm gonna take a nap and maybe watch a little Ted Lasso. Or this week, you may be, yeah, this week, I'm just not good at returning phone calls. I'm not going to worry about doing, and instead, I'm just going to worry about breathing deeply today. There's a rhythm to life. We're called to pursue wholeness and wellness, and that means it's okay to rest sometimes. But there are other times when we want to roll up our sleeves, and we're in the middle of it. It's not one or the other. Because it's crucial how and where we spend our energies. So what are you gonna do with yours? Because here's a question for each of you. Does this community here speak to you? Because we could use you. We could use your help with programming, like Shannon did when she stepped up with open mic night. Or like Brian and Lonnie have done, with our new contemplative service series, or as August has done putting on some great outdoor events like tubing in lions, or as Julie has done stepping up during COVID as our virtual hostess, or as Heath has done as our podcast guru, and as so many others of you have done over the last two years. We'd love for you to come and worship with us as many weeks out of the month as you can and bring your kiddos and bring your friends to church. If you ask people why they came to church the first time, it's almost always because a friend invited them. And listen, we recognize that the call to invite friends, the call to share about our church can be uncomfortable for a lot of us who grew up in an evangelical background. But here's the thing that I think is important. More people need to experience the inclusive love of God, the inclusive love love of neighbor, and the inclusive love of ourselves that we strive for here in this community. We need to continue to see our community grow in healthy ways, and you all are important to that mission. And you can participate in our progressive uh, theology book study You can come to our community dinners this Thursday at 5.30 right next door, and then we're going to move over here for open mic night. You can go to the contemplative services. You can go to our sharing circle. Serve as a weekly greeter. Serve on the hospitality team. Help run slides and service. Organize social dinners or drinks after church. Wouldn't it be amazing if one person said, hey, each week I'm headed over to Mod Market out on the patio, and I'm just going to have an open invite for anyone after service who wants to come and join and share about all of this on social media, your neighborhood social networks, because this church community needs you. And why you? Well, you actually are crowned with glory and honor. And if this place helps you experience shalom then it's a place that's worth serving. Even if you have to listen to a little old Susanna every now and then before you find it. Let's pray. God, we bring before you our energies, the way we act and move and be in this world. I ask the people here that have been caught up in spending their energy on things that don't bring them shalom, have clarity. I pray for those that have been beaten down by the world who have brought into the lie that they have nothing to contribute or give. We think of how we are each crowned with glory and honor and how we are made for so much more. And help remind us of the fact that you love us just the way we are. We think of those that are stuck in inaction, in the paralyzed catatonic state that comes when we're just frozen where we are we ask that you show us all mission and calling and it's in jesus name we pray amen this is john gaddis i'm one of the co-pastors here at left-hand church as you listen to this teaching we hope it was a reminder that the love of god is bigger more inclusive filled with more grace than any of us can imagine. There is truly room for us all here. If you have any questions about Left Hand Church or this teaching, please email me at john at lefthandchurch.org. You can also tune into our live stream services on our church Facebook page every Sunday at 5 p.m. Mountain for great music and original teachings. Thank you for joining us.